Whoa, whoa. Sorry, I was snorting something also trying to match your energy. <laughs> wow, he took the Robin Williams entrance. Woo! <laughs> 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 Ooh, look at this. <laughs> The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dork Night, where we talk about everything Batman. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here, and we have an awesome show scheduled for you today. We're going to be talking about Batman, the White Knight. And uh, without further ado, we'll get into our other bat dorks here. Justin, how's it going, pew, bud? Pew, 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 Just trying to match your energy. So <laughs> I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Powerful, Brandon. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry, I was snorting something also trying to match your energy. <laughs> wow, he took the Robin Williams entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Ooh, look at this. <laughs> Ooh, we used to live for white, em- white powder and envelopes. And then we're ninjas on the lawn. We're to fucking kill us! <laughs> uh, I, I, I know we were just doing the banter episode, but do you guys watch Night Court? Not the new one. I, I haven't seen it, but um, oh. I will start watching it. I promise you that. Uh, the latest episode, uh, this podcaster is interviewing Dan and he starts talking about the 80s and he pretty oh. much like just starts talking about cocaine. And it was, yeah, it was hilarious. Dan Fielding, oh, one of the great. greatest characters of sitcom history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the new show is 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 really good. Uh, but we're not talking about that today. We are talking about Batman White Knight. And uh, let's see. I wrote White Knight. White Knight. We start off with Mac, who says, "White Knight." <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. oh, it's a Roz episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Nobody under 30 gets that joke, so it's okay. I, I'm not so sure there's a lot of people under 40. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I will say I do follow Marsha Warfield on, on Twitter. It's a trip, man. She's still alive? Yeah, that's Fantastic. why it's a trip. I wasn't sure. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's she's still kicking. Her, uh, Richard Mole, um, you know, let's see, what do we got? Um, and uh, John Larroquette, I think that's it from the original cast. Really? I think yeah. I think Mac has passed, and has he? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So well, that's the last. And that means the last thing I saw him in was the Night Court episode of Thirty Rock. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, they did a whole thing. Anyway, fucking Batman White Knight. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I derailed us. Okay, so. Uh, if you don't know about Batman White Knight, uh, so I wrote a, a synopsis here. So uh, we find nice. out that Batman has been so violent lately. Uh, he, um, uh, the reason why he's been so violent is that he's um, lost out. Am I? Hold on. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I started this wrong. <laughs> Are you sure you want to? Yeah, I was reading talk? my notes. I'm like, why, why is, why is the syntax totally off? I'm like, okay. So uh, Batman White Knight, we find Batman on the edge and Batman that seems to be doing whatever he can to catch the Joker, chasing down Joker over rooftops, causing much destruction. Once caught, he shoves a bottle of pills down a Joker's throat. Those pills end up curing the Joker of his insanity and he regains his persona of Jack Napier, a man on a mission to expose the dark secrets of Gotham. In a major twist, Napier becomes a hero to the people, using his newfound sanity and political influence to bring down Batman, who he believes is a corrupt vigilante responsible for much of the city's violence and destruction. Napier, through a series of dastardly deeds, succeeds in turning Gotham and the GCPD against Batman. And as the story unfolds, Batman finds himself on the defensive, forced to confront his own actions and motives as he tries to protect the city he loves. Meanwhile, Napier's crusade against Batman is complicated in his own inner demons and the actions of other villains who seek to take advantage of the chaos he created. Hidden within the story is several stories of love, uh, a Joker-Batman love story, uh, a father-son with Batman and Alfred, uh, a love of Harley with uh, Jack, which sets off most of the entire plot, and then finally, another Harley, which we'll call her Harley 2, that loves the Joker and wants Jack gone and Joker back. And the love for the Waynes that took in a certain Victor Von Fries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, too. And I, I like your description, and it goes through a lot of this stuff. Uh, one thing to just point out about when Jack Napier becomes the Joker and, and otherwise, it's actually a physical manifestation where one of his eyes turns a different color, his hair turns green, his face turns white. So he's more like a metahuman in this one who kind of goes back and forth. So and that's and that's a, a real big deviation from uh, like the normal uh I don't know what you'd call the normal DC universe, but, um, you know, that, that's kind of one of the big Joker as we usually know him. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, according to DC, uh, fandom, uh, they're referring to this as the Murphy verse. Ah, okay. Yeah, sure. Batman with the huge popped collar, you know, <laughs> I yeah. uh, just want to uh, make note that so this is written and the art is also done by Sean Murphy. Colorist on this was Matt Hollingsworth and the editor was Mark Doyle and Maggie Howell. This was released in December of 2017 and it was the eight issue limited series. And uh, there's been several sequels since then. So we have uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, which came out in uh, 2019. Also the Batman Beyond White Knight. Uh, White Knight presents Red Hood. Uh, White Knight presents Harley Quinn and uh, Victor Von Fries as well had their own issues. And uh, we just covered on Splash Pages the uh, Harley Quinn uh, spinoff of this uh, maybe two two episodes ago, I think. Yeah. What What do you think of that? I thought it, I thought it was wonderful. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it it actually takes this story and builds upon it and makes Harley Quinn such a depth of character that you don't get in this. So I, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And, I, and he didn't write all that. He had a, a writing partner for that as well. So I don't know who it was, but uh, he got um, a, a woman to help. And uh, I think it made a huge difference because it was really more layered than uh, what you, you probably would have gotten otherwise. Yeah, I, I definitely loved the um, 
that difference in Harleys. Like we've mm -hmm. seen multiple Harleys throughout the, the years and how this explains it, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what it. I was going to say is like, not so much the difference, but, but who Harley is as we've seen her in current media and who Harley was when she was first introduced. And when I saw how that was approached in the story, I was like, Jesus Christ, that is so goddamn brilliant. Like I, regardless of anything else in the story, I wish that was part of the DCU as it is. Like, I want that to be the explanation for why Harley Quinn is the way she is in the comic books. Now it's, the way she's so, presented. Yeah. You're, you're right, man. It's, it's so good. And it's like, they, they wrote out like a lot of the misogyny and, and like a lot of the abuse and all that. And they turned it into these characters have a symbiotic relationship. This character only exists because of this character. And this character only exists because of this one. So there is no Harley without Joker and there's no Joker without Harley, you know, because yeah. there's Harleen and Jack and, and that makes all the difference. It's like, wow. And, and that's, that's not even from this book. That's from two sequels past this book. And it makes this book even better. And I love it. <laughs> I've read this and curse of the white Knight. I haven't, I haven't read any of the other ones. I, I would recommend that one. I'm I'm going through Curse now because I I've not read all of Curse. I you, you ever go and you miss a week at the comic store mm -hmm. and then it's like you end up with like one, three, four, and you're like, oh yeah. crap! Like what right, am I gonna no, do? I can't read it at all. Yeah, and, oh. and I don't know if that's just me, but I'm like, nope. what am I gonna do? You know? Well, being a completist. Yeah, exactly. See, see, I I normally just have the shop pull everything for me and then they'll call me say your box is full and i'll go okay here's a big chunk of money yeah, yeah <laughs> no i mean i do that too but i think this was this was one of the ones where i i wasn't quite pulling it yet so i was like ah oh, you know but i did that with recently a uh, human target which was pretty good so nice i a matter of fact that reminds me i need to uh call my comic shop because i'm pretty sure my box is full yeah <laughs> That's Probably have some white knights said. in there. I oh! most likely do. Benny. <laughs> so the story is totally, uh, you know, is I, I, I love it where it starts off. Uh, we have Batman in jail. You don't know what's happening. Uh, and then it zooms back to one year ago with Batman chasing Joker. Uh, and he, he's definitely, you know, seems to be on the fence we definitely learn later on what's causing him to uh to be so reckless uh but even driving on top of the uh the rooftops and you find out that you know uh plenty of people were hurt during that batgirl trying to calm him down and uh just when he catches joker just shoving the uh, uh the pills down his throat that was just the, yeah there crazy. was a certain level of brutality to this and you know, the way they explain the Joker in this, he's not the guy who's like poisoning the water and like killing people with smiling fish and all that. He's still kind of mirthful and like stealing stuff. So you really don't understand Batman's like weird obsession with catching him. You're like, hold on a second. He's not murdering people, you know, yeah. like, well, there is one instance. So maybe it's because of the whole thing with, with Jason Todd. Maybe maybe that's it alone. You know, but um, he's just not the same Joker that we're used to either. Well, it, it was I I don't know how much we want to spoil here, but um, I mean, it was revealed that he didn't kill Jason, right? 
that is that is uh, accurate because Jason Todd actually comes back in a couple days. And I mean, you can look it up and see that there's a Red Hood tie-in. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and, and most people know know the story. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some modicum of knowledge about, you know, death in the family and stuff like that. So it's like, what, what are you going to say? Of course, Jason Todd comes back at some point, but. That that was kind of handled kind of haphazardly for me, so maybe maybe that would be good for me to read. That uh, was it two issues of uh, the Red Hood. I'll probably check that out. Yeah, um, Joker in his cell. Uh, I absolutely love this. We have uh, Batman the animated, se- yeah. animated series. I uh, have Batman eighty nine, Killing Joke Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's also from Batman eighty nine. You have the there's Batman. a bunch from the animated series in here. Yeah pretty cool just awesome wow and um brandon in in the other series too the harley quinn series it actually goes into um uh the gray ghost simon so it's fun it it really this derives so much from batman the The animated animated series series. well i mean it makes sense especially when you consider how they approach the character of harley quinn just in this story alone Mm -hmm. i mean there was clearly Sean Murphy clearly had some of the same issues that I have had with the presentation of Harley Quinn since she became a more popular character. I love that she became a more popular character. That's not my issue. It's the um, overt sexualization of her uh, that that I honestly cannot fucking stand. Maybe you I, should skip book two then, Leo. <laughs> Skip book two. Yeah, in in this in this one, I think like in the sec, like literally oh. what you're talking about happens in this book. Well, no, because no, because I'm talking about Harley and Quinzel, not Neo Joker. Yes, I, I get you. Because that's what I'm talking about. Is like the explanation given as to why that shift occurred. You know, like Harley and Quinzel. Harley Quinn, as she first showed up in the Harlequin type outfit and what have you, that is the Harley Quinn that we know from Batman in the animated series. But the explanation as to why Harley Quinn now where goes around wearing like high heels and booty shorts with tank tops and, and dyed hair, uh, you know, the explanation given in the story is it's it's fucking brilliant. Like, oh, it's not even the same. <laughs> All right. I get it. And to use the Joker's psychosis and complete like detachment from reality to explain why he didn't even notice. Mwah. Mwah. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great point. It's beautiful. Yeah. When I first read this, I was like, oh, this dude gets it. This guy completely understands the issue I've had because the character was created you know to kind of be a one-off as we all know in in batman the animated series and she took on a life of her own with being so popular but there was so much more to her character especially with being able to break away from joker in the comics i'm all for that and the recognition of how toxic a relationship that was but to have it turn into like what we saw in suicide squad (laughs) yeah i'm fucking good man like that She's regardless of anything else, she's still supposed to be like an educated woman, <laughs> you know, like 
they they tend to push that to the side so often. This you know, one really I, embraces that. Yeah. Yeah. And this story, it really looks at like how Harley and Quinzel would have ended up with Jack Napier. And it's still not the healthiest thing in the world, but God damn it. Does it make sense? And you certainly see the character in a very sympathetic light. And there's none of that fucking bullshit where she's turned into a, a fucking sex object. And, and Batman is the clear villain of this book. Just so. Oh, 100%. Like, like that's, he sucks that's out loud. Yeah. And, and I mean, like he's, he's just as obsessed as Joker is with him. And it's, it's funny because like, they're going to show like this, this part that uh, Leo is showing here. It's like the, uh, the book where they all get together and Joker's going to try to rally all the bad guys to do something. And there's kind of a plot that he has to do that still not as underhanded as all of the wealthy of Gotham, the uh, socialites and all that who are literally using Batman as a ploy to increase their real estate uh, holdings through like a, a slush fund that's meant to help um, pay off anything that Batman damages in the city. Brilliant oh. layering. Well, uh, not only, well, that was part of it, but uh, so there he's at the party and uh, he's talking to one of the other elites and he was talking about uh, uh, what did they call it? The Batman. Defense yeah. The, the fund. Batman fund. Yep. Oh, the Batman fund, but it was sort of like the money the... for Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it was sort of like the the process where you know Batman comes in. Are you a Batman who's been running around Gotham but haven't had the proper defense? Then you don't may you. be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Wait, I don't think that's what the fund is for. Eight seven seven Bat now. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bad annuity, and I want it now. <laughs> uh, but uh, how you know Batman comes in. Destroys the neighborhood, yep. uh, and then they buy it for the cheap right after it's repaired. Um, you know, the the town repairs it, and they uh, reap all the benefits. Just, just sickening. And the parts that they're targeting, that like they have insurance policies set up that say this is a more likely to have Batman incident in it, and yep. it's the poor, and it's the 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 black neighborhoods and stuff like that. And it's like, wait a minute. And that's all of that stuff is addressed in this book where they're like, yeah, as much as we hate the police, we hate Batman even more. Like, because who brings down our property values? Who, who makes this a terrible place to live? Like we, we don't have working utility sometimes because of this. And it's like, that's, that's a huge deal. And this guy who's seen as the savior of Gotham because of all this stuff, literally just lost like all of, all of these uh, people. Uh, What's up, Brandon? Go go back one page. Yep. Boop. This page. Okay. Baby yep. doll. Killer croc. Look what he says. Oh, a big rock. Yep. Oh, it was a big rock. Classic. It was, it was a big rock. That just goes to show you. I mean, Sean Murphy was clearly a very big fan of Batman the animated series. I mean, even I look at that and I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I get it. For anybody else, for anybody listening, it's it's a reference to an episode where a bunch of the rogues are sitting around talking about the time they almost got Batman. And, and I, I'd also like to point out that Two Face is there. Two Face, voiced by Richard Bull from Night Court. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in, in that episode, uh, Killer Croc's 
story is like, I threw a big rock at him. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, Croc. Thanks for that. It was a big rock. <laughs> like that's that's it. That's his story. <laughs> I, I still go back to that episode we did about Killer Croc because I, I had never deep dove into Killer Croc before. And I love that vendetta episode with him and Bullock where he's out to like like get all the people. So he went out to like Spider Conway and brought him into the water and Batman had to take the submarine out. I'm like, that is just so good. You know, I, I hope we get stuff like that again. Yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I hope they uh, continue on with the Earth One universe where Batman befriends Killer Croc. Hell yeah! yeah. What what um? Well, I mean, it's it's been working with him in Rebirth with uh, Clayface, you know, until until he got killed uh, by friggin' Batwoman jerk. But um, you know, it's like those things. That's that's the type of stuff you want to see where there's some sort of rehabilitation where it's like, Hey, they're not all bad. They're not all just like, you know, a blunt instrument to be, you know, shown against Batman's worked with Bane. Batman's worked with two face. Like he, he had like in, in the early two thousands, he was like, Bane was a good guy, you know, and then, then he ended up on like the secret six and stuff like that. So at, at least an anti-hero, but um, it's, it's interesting when they subvert your expectations like that. And I guess this was the Joker's turn to be the good guy. And now in, in the current Batman is everybody's Bane. I don't know oh, if you're... Ev- oh, everyone's Bane? Everyone's on, on the juice? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Batman was thrown into a, a different universe, and it's a Gotham where Bruce Wayne was killed. Uh, in, in older Bruce Wayne, and there was no Batman. And, oh, uh, wow. Venom just flows like wine. Yep, exactly. So there's a scene with, I think, like Two-Face, and he comes across... Uh, our Batman and he like juices up and becomes like a huge two face. It's uh, that's crazy. I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the second crossover of the Ninja Turtles, uh, where Donatello gets on Venom, and that is just so cool. Yeah, but I love this too the, the ploy that they do where they take over Clayface and then they take little pieces of Clayface and, and feed him to all the, the crooks. So Thereby proxy, they end up mind controlling the entire underworld of Gotham. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say like little pieces. They they grind up dried out Clayface, yep. <laughs> slip mm-hmm. it in their drinks like the worst Mickey ever. No black mask here, right? Like I didn't see him or Zaz, right? No, I didn't notice them at any rate. Yeah. No. I mean, the big ones are, you know, Scarface and Killer Croc, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, Penguin, Baby Doll, Bane, and I think Scarecrow's in there. Oh, I, oh yes. Roxy Rocket's in here, actually. Oh, the Riddler. The Riddler. Oh, Riddler, yep. <laughs> uh, later on, it's hilarious. Uh, Duke calls Penguin Happy Feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's so many fun allusions here to the uh, animated series. And I, I love when Roxy Rocket shows up and, and Batgirl's like, I always wanted to try this thing. And she's actually in that panel. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And it's cool. It's it's great. The art's, the art's just so good and vibrant in this. And it's it's like something that we hadn't seen. I know he started out with his book, Tokyo Ghost, which was really good. If you guys have ever read that, it was an image comic. Um basically like a motorcycle guy and uh and uh he's kind of like a secret agent in like neo japan or something like that it's it's kind of out there it's crazy 
I love how uh, how Batgirl is sort of like the the voice of reason throughout the entire episode or entire series. <laughs> yeah. Entire episode. Yeah. Oh, and next week. <laughs> you, you just brought up a good point, too, when you were talking about uh, Jason Todd. So Dick Grayson was not the first Robin in this one. Jason Todd was. So that's another huge deviation that they had. Yeah, is that really? I didn't I didn't read yeah. it like that. Yeah, it's it's weird because when when you go through and you read it, you're like, oh what the heck? Like that's a weird thing to kind of like change on him. So but Ooh. it's it's weird too because Dick Grayson in this one acts kind of strange and then he gets really big into like joining this this task force and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, okay, he's not really the exact Dick Grayson that I would recall. Who's actually yeah. a really popular character right now? So, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, he has. Uh, he... Did he start a new book or is it continuing his his book? I think Tom Taylor's writing that one, right? He's, yeah. he's keeping it going. Yep. Yeah, and and here, uh, he um, Nightwing just hates Batman. Yeah, he's he's just kind of a. He's, I don't know if he's he's so much of a jerk, but like he's definitely. He's not nice to people, so I would say that he is. <laughs> I just love it when uh, they're done with two faces, just a brain, eyes, and a tongue with the with the card and, uh, wedged in his fucking front front of lobe. Yeah, and uh, Neo Joker or Harley too just uh, throws him in a backpack. You should probably out. explain who she is too. Yeah, yeah, kind of Neo <laughs> Joker. Oh, who? <laughs> Uh, so uh, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, so we have, um, as we mentioned before, the two Harleys and after Jack becomes sane, he kind of like dumps the current Harley when uh, the old Harley comes back, uh, Harley and Quinzel. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they continue their relationship and uh, Harley too wants Joker back and he, she wants Jack Napier gone. Uh, so her goal is just to get rid of Napier and bring Joker back because she's in love with Joker. Uh, and uh, she dons the persona of Neo Joker to uh, to try to like show him what she can do and uh, take over uh, Gotham. More, more to the point, though, it's it's not that he turns back into Jack and he, you know, boots her to the curb. It's that. He goes back to her, the Neo Joker, the Harley Quinn at that moment in time. And he's all, you know, guilt and, you know, forgive me and, and, and all that. And she's like, oh, what? what the fuck is going And that's when Harley shows up, actual yeah. Harley and Quinzel. And she's like, yeah, uh, hey, fuckhead, uh, me, Harley, the real one. That's. That's no one you care about. And he's like, oh, what? Yeah, what the hell? Okay. And it turns out that he was so deep when he finally made the full transition from Jack Napier to the Joker that he got to a point he he didn't even see Harleen for who she actually was anymore. And she left. And this other girl just, like, came in. I mean, they explain what happened, like, she was kind of taken hostage by him and it became like a bit of a Stockholm situation. 
This is um, such a, a takeoff of Mad Love. Like, if you read Mad Love oh, right yeah. before reading this, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, she, like, fell for the Joker, and she was already pretty troubled at the point in time that he, like, robbed the bank that he took her from. Uh, she she was a cutter. Uh, so she was she was dealing with stuff as it was. And <clears throat> but she falls for her captor. And that's where all of this stems from. Like Jack is with Harleen Quinzel, whom he loves. And this girl who took over the persona of Harley Quinn is now going by Neo Joker and trying to win the Joker back. She's yep. convinced that she can do something absolutely bug nuts homicidal insane and it will turn jack back into the joker and she'll get the man that she loves back um so it's it's all types of what the fuck and yeah uh, absolutely delightful no am i wrong my assessment on that one no i know no, you're spot <laughs> i think you're right and that goes back to what leo was saying about like all the different relationships and Certainly there's there's that and, and Jack is, uh, you know, his relationship with Batman, his relationship with himself and the Joker, his relationship with Neo Harley, Neo Joker and and uh, the original Harley. So, yeah. And, and then there's there's things like Batman's relationship with with Gotham, you know, with the GCPD, because him and Gordon are on the outs because of this. And, you know, his him and Batgirl, him and Nightwing, all of those sort of little relationships. So it's so nuanced. It's just uh, it's it's really well written, too. Yeah. And so Batman's convinced that Jack isn't um, on the up and up, which, you know, really because he's I'm Batman. <laughs> really, he's not. And, uh, you know, he's the only one that thinks that, you know, Jack isn't uh, rehabilitated uh, with the scene that we have on the screen here. If you're watching the video version, you know, Batman's attacking Jack. Uh, in open daylight, he's saying, "Stop, everyone, back down!" And uh, yeah, give him the old-fashioned neck wedgie right on the stage. Good stuff, Bats. <laughs> uh, but he succeeds in in turning Gotham against Batman, and and we find out that you know Batman's on edge because Alfred is essentially dying, and he went to uh, Victor Freeze to try to help, and uh, you know keep. Alfred and Stasis until they can uh, uh, heal him or cure him. Yeah, they're they're playing off the uh, Batman and Robin movie where he uh, Alfred had McGregor's disease. McGregor's was... disease, stage one. Exactly. So, and and the whole thing with like uh, Victor's wife, you know, she has it, and she's more farther along. But when they go into like this character, you see who Victor Freeze is and you're like, this is such a divergence from anything we've ever seen from that character. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. And he has just like a genuine fondness for the Wayne family. Yeah, it's not unwelcome, honestly. Like it was it was a refreshing take on the character for me at any mm-hmm. rate. Um, just it's always the same thing. in not even for forever and a day. I mean, we didn't get the uh, the Nora stuff until what the animated series, right? I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise he was just a themed criminal for the longest time. Yeah, that was it. He was basically Batman's version of Captain Cold. 
after that it became canon so that's that's when it kicked in they're like oh i've been doing this for this reason oh okay you know <laughs> yeah, good go yeah <laughs> thanks uh, <laughs> <Paul> <laughs> yeah yet again uh but this was this was pretty cool you know to to put a spin on it and be like oh well there's a there's a lot more depth and nuance to what was happening here mm-hmm. i appreciate that it, it really in an effortless way built this world out a little bit more too i mean it's it's so smooth and it fits so neatly into everything else that that he does within the story like all these little things that you never even thought of could be a revelation and sean murphy hits like like a, he he hits like a turkey in the first like four issues it's fucking <laughs> crazy <laughs> this is the one with all the different Batmobiles, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I confused this with the other one that I just read. But the, the cool thing about that is then you're going through this and you're like, okay, this guy obviously knows his stuff when it comes to Batman. And, and it's like, all right, he brings up every Batmobile that has been in like pop culture. It's like the original one, the 1966 one, the one from the movie. You know, um, I think I don't know if the tumblers in here, but definitely uh, yeah, Batman. tumblers in here. Um, Tumblr, they, the Batman the animated series one, like all of them are here. I'm like, this is so cool. Uh, matter of fact, I give Batgirl the tumbler. Um, oh, she has it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because towards the end, they're talking about like uh, that's a, that's a long jump, and they said that's why we gave her the tumbler. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sounds like a. a dirty british way to say you're gonna you're gonna go like bang <laughs> someone hey i'm gonna take it around the corner and go there tumbler yeah it's a long <laughs> it's a long jump <laughs> so uh one of the tools that joker uses to turn uh gotham against batman is uh the revelation of the batman fund uh what is it three billion dollars or something like yeah, that exactly yeah. yes and <laughs> is it a year or a month is i think it's a year I, I think it's yearly. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a year, a month. That would be. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they, uh, they turned that money over to um, the GCPD, and they decided to make their own, uh, not Bat Cave, but their own uh, Bat Fleet, or fleet of Batmobiles. Yeah. Which, which is such a weird move, too, because they, they talk about a lot of things with infrastructure and poverty in this one. And they're like, oh, Joker's trying to build a library. And then he orchestrates for that library to get destroyed by Bane and Croc and all that. And it's like, that's one of those keys where it's like he's turning public image against everything. And then for the money to be allocated in this manner, it's it's definitely like the rule of cool. But is that the right way to go? You know, you be the judge. Well, I mean... I think it actually speaks to the re-encroachment of his psychosis. You know? Oh, okay. So Jack Napier. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, he's a councilman and, you know, <clears throat> yeah. So to, to win the way he's going about doing it, it already at the very start, <clears throat> it was never a cure. It was a treatment. And I think as soon as he started doing some of this, like, kind of very fucked up slash questionable stuff is actually the cracks of that psychosis coming through. It was much earlier than than anybody really, like, understood. And this, I think, 
goes right into that because first and foremost, as established from what we've been shown in this comic book, the Joker is honestly, he is the ultimate bat fanboy. Mm-hmm. If you were the ultimate bat fanboy and you were suddenly given $3 billion, what might be a fun thing to do? Make a whole shitload of your own Batmobiles and Batman to send out across the city. As long as you get the sliding poles, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. See? It's enticing, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I think I think that, that speaks directly to the kind of things that the Joker was obviously always obsessing over. And it, it, I, I, I feel like the writing was on the wall so soon. And as you go along, if you start to look at all these little things he did, it's like, right. I mean, was Jack really fully Jack the whole time? It seems like maybe 100% for the first day. And it, it, it was a, a, a slow slide back to what we, we get through the story. Is this is not sane behavior. Do you think that what kept him Jack was the fact that he was actually winning for once? <clears throat> uh, no, I, I think, I think it honestly was the efficacious, the eff- efficacy of the medication he was taking. I, I really do think that there there's a weird, genuine, physical, like, you know, physiological and psychological change that occurs the way that we've seen it in this. I think that drug suppressed it for a good long time, but I don't think it was wholly a matter of will or, or anything like that. Well, um, you would think that... It... In some of, in one of the scenes later on, it seems like there was some will that was like his love for for Harleen. Yeah, well, I, I I said I, I didn't think it was wholly a matter of will. Yeah. I'm you know I'm I'm saying, you know, like uh, some will, sure, absolutely, but I that none of this would have happened at all without that medication. You, you know, like that medication oh, was yeah. the full blown catalyst for this. So. To say like, well, I mean, this this is like a matter of will, really. Well, no, that's not well, necessarily it's definitely the case. a combination between them. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying like, there's some will. It's not wholly will though. Like, it's mostly the medication. Yeah, because they think... could have written this differently as like if it was a ruse. They didn't go that route, and I'm, I'm <clears> glad <throat> they didn't. But they they could have easily done that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think like the medication certainly gave his willpower more of a foothold than it would normally have in regards to maintaining sanity. But I think that the doorway he was trying to slide through was getting narrower and narrower with every passing second, essentially. Yeah. Um, just real quick. When I first saw this, anybody else get Voltron vibes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And, and a bullock looks like Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Damn yeah. it. I was just, <laughs> The words right out of my mouth. Say, does he have a communicator wristwatch on? No, but uh, Renee Montoya is the blank. (laughs) (laughs) She's the question, you know, not in this universe, of course. But yeah, this was the uh, the battle of the 
Batmobiles. Where's the nipple mobile? <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there, man. Find the nipple mobile, kids. And much you, like a, a you throwback, win a baldy. A throwback to uh, World War Two and um, and Frank Millerism is like you, you can't have a Batman without mentioning the Nazis for some reason. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, it's like so. So what? Victor Freeze goes all the way back to you know, uh, you know, pre-German uh, World War Two, Germany World War Two science. Okay, yeah. Oh, there it is. That's the one you're talking about. Uh, there's the nipple mobile. And uh, in regards to Mr. Freeze, I did not see that coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> Froze us right <laughs> in our tracks. <laughs> Nipple mobile. Bum, 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 bum. It looks it looks great on that page on though. You... Yeah, it I, I love it how this is the Batmobile. Nipple on that. my car. Nipple on my car. Nipple on my car. Nipple on my car. Fucking seriously, how I know it's it's supposed to be a turbine, but it looks like a nipple. Like, let's be real. I it looks like a baby bottle nipple. It's fucking ridiculous. Everyone says you know, shit. You know like, my opinion on this, Brandon, because I literally texted you and said I can't see it anymore. And I'm I'm sitting there since 1989. Like, but we're okay with the nipple on the Batmobile. That's normal. All right, gang. I just don't. I just. I get. I guess I don't get people. <laughs> like, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I can't look at the damn thing anymore without hearing that in my head. Oh, Dude, seven years old. Seven years. I was so fucking confused in the movie theater. We were sitting in like the fucking fifth row because we, we got there late. So the screen was huge, right? I'm already only seven. And I see this Batmobile and I legitimately turned to my Uncle Jason. I was like, why does the Batmobile have a nipple on it? And he was like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, yeah, okay. You ruined him too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, he was more like, you know. <laughs> He was 17 and I was seven. So I was like, why does that have a nipple on it? And he was like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, radio, <laughs> shutting up. Uh, well, how do you think they get bat juice? They milk the Batmobile. Can you milk me, Greg? <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Meet the bat family. <laughs> well, they had to do something before they got back, Cal. Oh, yeah. That does happen, actually, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. The bat nipple goes vroom. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, see, it's the onomatopoeia right there on the yeah. page. Vroom. I thought you were doing the family guy thing. Kikariki. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it doesn't. That's the not... elephant goes flomp. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's why we have wrong sounding Muppets. <laughs> Just... Like a salad or something. It's totally my thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love how the the '89 Batmobile is the one needed to take out Batman. Yeah, but I, I love the strong also nipple the, power. The '66 yeah. one in there, which is still my favorite. Yeah, I love the '66 one. It's it's oh. so cool, and it's it's just as dangerous to like drive and sit in as probably like an like any any sort of like fictional car. You're like this. It didn't even have seat belts in it, man. I know, but it looks great. Oh yeah, no, totally. I know. love the red. I love the red on it and everything. Like ah, that, I always thought that was the coolest looking Batmobile. I really did. Like even, I mean, That's obviously, I you know yeah. my opinion of the '89 Nipple Mobile. So, <laughs> no, really, um, That's good. <laughs> uh, did you guys? Uh, I I don't know who I was telling about this. 
um, the McFarlane series. Yeah, the sixty-six so, series. Yep. Yeah, the um, they have. Uh, I think it's this is the third year that they've been releasing them, but we do have a Batmobile, uh, a bunch of sixty-six characters, and they're about to release uh, Wayne Manor. I saw Egghead just came out not too long ago in the in the black, gray, and white uh, versions of uh, the Riddler Unmasked, Batman, and Robin. Yeah. So, and they got the Batcave, but it's like, how deep are you going to dive into this world, you know? And I don't it's think we've seen a... So a fucking crack. deep! <laughs> I, I, I'm so tempted to order order those. I, I can't. Know, and I've, I've got plenty of Batman 66 like, stuff. Guys, you I, know how we were talking about nipples and milk and things? I mean... <laughs> feel like you've already answered your question <laughs> that aside can you milk a bat chum <laughs> what's, a, what's a bat what's a bat chum it's a mouse with wings <laughs> oh, a canary God. with a machine gun <laughs> uh, you'll find me all in a tennis course john mcenroe oh no <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Serena Williams nailed it. Nailed it, old chum. <laughs> and what's another word for William? Bill. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, this is what you're talking about uh, earlier, Justin, with uh, the physical manifestation of uh, yeah, the Joker. heterochromia. Yeah, which is a really groovy mutation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Ugh. James I, McAvoy oh, do you <laughs> see Professor X fucking first class there's a little bat symbol in his eye yeah, yeah oh that's that's something that's he only beautiful has eyes for too. Batman how the fuck does that work that thing? whole page though I mean that would be like if, if you got a print from, from this guy at like the show or something like that that whole Joker right there would be like an absolute perfect print oh yeah it's frameable you're frameable wait, <laughs> wait who said that they're frameable <laughs> uh, and just a reminder Sean Murphy not only did the fabulous writing is, is he did the incredible art yeah yeah, this, I mean, this is a really sharp looking book. It, it truly is. Like, I dig, I dig so many of the choices he made. For real. I guess I should check out the other stuff past Curse of the White Knight, huh? I, I would, I, I would say, if nothing else, the Harley Quinn book was a great read. Like, I, I didn't read Curse. I literally skipped over Curse, and, and there's a lot that happens in Curse that is like, oh, my God. But they'll premise that at the beginning of Harley Quinn and be like, hey, this happened, this happened. Okay, all right, got it. I'm, I'm up to speed. And it's yeah. literally all about Harley Quinn's character and what she's going through and stuff like that. And it's like, this is really well done. So it's it's pretty cool. I'll check it out. I think I have them on in all honesty. I, I, I like even the Batman Beyond stuff, I'm pretty sure. I believe if you have Comixology Unlimited, these are all on there to read in the Unlimited program. Um if not, you can definitely buy them, you know. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's easy peasy rice and cheesy. <laughs> this reminds me of a Batman volume one cover. Bill Shinson Kevage sort of looking and yeah. I think it's the one with all like the, the bats that make up Joker's face. 
Oh, okay. I know the one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. When is this? What? That's a new 52 book, isn't it? Uh, is it new 52? With or Greg Capolo it... art? I think so. Yeah. No, it, I'm with you because that, right. that glowing eyeball that he has right there, I'm I'm feeling it, yeah. Yeah. What, what we're talking about for all the audio listeners is uh, it's uh, the Joker in a flashback to where he is trying to remember if he actually killed Jason Todd. It's a, a weird circumstance because for some reason he's blocked it out and he just doesn't know. Yeah. That's also where uh, we see that Jason revealed Batman's identity mm -hmm. to the Joker by saying, I wish I'd never met Bruce Wayne. And that's that's how, how it happened, man. Yeah, and then he just let him go. I'll see so you weird. now. You enjoy your day, Jason. <laughs> Very Sorry. good, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that skull thumping I gave you. All right. And now it's time for Victor Freeze to come to terms with the fact his wife survived, but now she's, you know, still all hooked up to medical shit. And he ages like uh, rapidly. So he's he's become an 80 year old man after being preserved uh, for so long. Yeah. That's going to suck. Yeah, I imagine it's not great. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine how good that first French fry tasted, like, after he unfroze. He was like, oh, my God, food. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's something that they don't really address, too, besides probably, like, you know, um, like, what does he do for, for nutrients, you know? Like, you, you see, um, like, uh, in Batman and Robin, you see, like, He's smoking a frozen cigar and stuff like that, but it's like, the, what does he eat? You know, he doesn't eat ice. Frozen dinners. Frozen dinners, yeah. So many kid cuisines. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the corn has gotten into the brownie again. <laughs> they will taste my revenge. <laughs> he lives off hot pockets. It's a dish. It's a dish best served cold, from what I'm given to understand. Yeah. Nitro cold brew coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they call me nitro cold brew. Like the coffee? Shut up. <laughs> what about his, his minions? He'd be like, nitro cold brew. <laughs> Put him on ice. <laughs> uh, Thanks a latte. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't care for cold brew. It's Did he just make up a new Batman villain? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's like the punchline. You know, his punchline yeah, is a yeah. weird ripoff of Harley Quinn. So this is a weird ripoff of Mr. Freeze. Nitro cold brew. Once a barista working. <laughs> oh, I like it. He's got a big, he's got a big curly handlebar mustache oh, with yeah. ice hanging off of it. And, yep. his, and his pants only come up to like his go down to like midway to through past his calf. Like, yep, no socks either. But but wearing <laughs> shoes like full on cobbled shoes. <laughs> yep, uh, mechanized uh, bucket hat. <laughs> a typewriter that he wears a, stri a stripe on, a strap on his back. He, he has a sidekick called Slow Drip. 
All right, gang. Let's get back to White Knight. Then, then the next, the next one, the Vinyl Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way music should sound. Sticks people with a pin. You know? This is a warmer sound. <laughs> Scratch one, Batman. I will show you all the warmer sounds of vinyl. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. So so this is the point that you get to where uh, Clayface comes back and is absolutely upset that he had been taken over by the Joker. Bloodlust is trying to kill them. It's, what, it's what? brutal. What an understatement. Absolutely upset. Yes, that is certainly a way to put it. The 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 Clayman is incensed. <laughs> like murderous rage (laughs) yeah he is gigantic and turning his already sizable fucking ham hock of a right hand (laughs) into a fucking solid clay mallet and the automatopoeia is straight up wood wood (laughs) bold yellow exclamatory letters uh this dude ain't fucking around. Like, yeah, he is, yeah. he is not happy about having been, uh, you know, imbibed by several of the grossest people in Gotham City. I'm they had to pass him. I was thinking that. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> the hell? That he would have had to come out through their butts and their fronts and their eyes and their mouths and maybe their noses. It would have been so gross. And I, yes absolutely upset is certainly the barest minimum of how 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 he should feel it it it, it, that's like a fate worse than death (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of like a living death isn't it yeah because if he's if he's sentient during all that that means that he's going through the digestive process oh wow certain things you just never need to have diverticulitis (laughs) <laughs> I can't pass the clay. Bane, you should get that checked by a doctor. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> so what 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 uh what episode hold on, is hold on. <laughs> Please order Colo Guard. <laughs> I will be this Metamusel's reckoning. Do not take Colaguard if you're allergic to Clayface. <laughs> Oh my god. Can you pass it? Yeah. No, he's got the cup. Yes. Will it be painful? Very. <laughs> For you. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are hilarious. It's funny too because your 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 um your cup impression of Bane also reminds me of like the Super Friends uh, narrator a little bit too. So it's like, meanwhile, all reluctant heroes. <laughs> meanwhile, I mean, just just change the intonation of the voice. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Ooh, someone left a dump in there. <laughs> can I, can I also go like like newsreel with it. Dateline. And now we see we see our boys going up against Jerry. We must confound him at every turn. Come here. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about Clayface. Come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, not really much Catwoman in this one, right? No. Yeah, she wasn't there. That's that's okay. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to get the little bits of uh, production design and the variant covers and all that. And the back, it's in the design of the Babelveals. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, and to see that it all, you know, comes to a, a head with, you know, unfortunately, Jack reverting back to Joker. Um, mm-hmm. But then to find out, like, it wasn't quite as bad as it was made to seem when it came to that that fund and what have you. It actually wasn't the taxpayers who were paying out that fund every year. It was Wayne Enterprises. It was Bruce Wayne himself. Yeah, through a couple of shell corporations or something. Yeah, so, the and the thing is, Jack knew that, and he still played it as though it was it was all coming from the government and uh you know it, it really showed that bruce was trying to do the right thing by providing money he just didn't provide he didn't have the proper oversight for it when those funds were allocated he trusted the wrong people aka the government of the city yep the mayor all of them yeah to to do the right thing and they they didn't so it really speaks to a little bit of Bruce's own naivete thinking that, you know, everybody who says they're on the side of justice isn't quite. And he became a part of that system that of corruption unwittingly. You know? Yeah. He, he was so deep in it. He actually just didn't see it for what it was. Um, and he also kind of got stuck in a lot of that same loop. You know, there is something to be said of obsession it was it was on both sides of the fence there um but yeah to to have it all end with with joker unfortunately you know coming back uh but you know we still we still ended up with uh harley having a halfway decent ending right yeah i would i would say so you know uh that neo joker chick she she was just bad news from the word go um yeah like i wonder if they used her as sort of like a template for punchline i don't know because like maybe tinian's big on making his own characters and and he's he's definitely known for writing a strong female character but i i feel like he got that idea from like tiktok influencers and stuff like that and and i feel like that's where it kind of came from but it's it could be that he pulled from this, but they they would probably never admit that to you. You know, yeah. Uh, you, punchline you... just sucks so hard, though. Can I just say that? Like, wow, Pump, Punchline is such a bullshit character. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's she's she's ill conceived. I'll say that for sure. Absolutely, just um, but ugh. just just real quick, this this does end after we find that you know Harley's okay. She talks with Batman. We we get the exposition as like to what the real deal was with all that money. And the last thing that we we see is Bruce, at, you know, I should say Batman going to speak to Gordon in his office. And uh, the last panel is Bruce taking off his cowl while talking to to Gordon, clearly getting ready to tell everybody who he really is, so Gotham and the world can actually trust who he is and what it is he's tried to stand for that. You know, I, this isn't going to be the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just by, by virtue of the fact that curse of the white knight exists, you know, 
this is there's far more to this story so i mean this is this is an incredibly solid tale uh i would i would certainly recommend it to anybody that was even remotely familiar with batman i wouldn't say give it to them as their first batman story yeah definitely do not yeah because there's an awful lot there but uh if somebody is like kind of into batman and they have they have a pretty good handle on some stuff especially from more popular things that have come out in the past several years including several animated features and what have you this would be a great book to recommend to them did it surprise you that they didn't put an Elseworlds label on this? Or is that something that kind of fell out of favor um, it, for the black label or anything? Um, I honestly, when this came out and I started reading it, it came out, you know, under black label. And my very first thought was if this came out in 1998, this would have been an Elseworlds. Hmm. It would have been clearly marked as an Elseworlds, and it would have been a fucking fantastic Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was kind of surprised, too, because I was like, I, I pick up the book sometimes, and I'll look, and I'm like, all right, Black Label, so I know it's not necessarily part. Like Batman the Damned, Black Label book, not part of continuity and all that, you know. But it there's other yeah. things, like like we had talked about um, Killing Joke. Is it? Is it not? You know, like, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff that, like this, I mean, has come out, and whether it's marked as black label or not, uh, I mean, you can very easily say Dark Knights of Steel is an Elseworlds, you know? Um, the entirety of Earth 2, when it, when it came out with, like, New 52, that whole series may, may as well have been an Elseworlds series. Uh, huh. Was it DC versus... Uh deceased um dc vampires oh deceased yeah that else worlds for sure those are cool covers too you've seen Mm. those leo with the uh the homage to the horror movies that they have yeah yep i I have the nightmare on elm street cover it's pretty cool it has poison ivy on it (laughs) uh also uh earth one series yeah you know that that spreads across not only batman i think they did superman earth one i know they did a wonder woman earth one well green lantern as well yeah. See, that's tricky. That's tricky because I don't know that I'd want to take like Earth One and label that as Elseworlds because it's really not an Elseworld. It's a retelling of the story. There's there's a slight difference. Like Elseworld is supposed to be like a skewed take on on what you know, like. Like Earth Two works because it's all these years, but it's like a very skewed take. Like, wait, this is a this is a reality where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, like Superman showed up years and years ago. He's still like Cal L, like with just the letter in in that world. And his his was a daughter was Karen that ended up coming here, Power Girl. I, I think you think of Earth Two in that one, aren't you? That's what I'm saying. Earth Two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, that series, that there's so many, like, different events from what actually occurred in any kind of reality that we know, it would definitely clearly be labeled an Elseworld. Um, deceased Elseworld. Yeah, they, they totally should label those things as is. This Elseworld, you yeah. know, you know, but but Earth One, I, I think, you know, maybe just designating it Earth One as a label, that's fine. Um, just because it, it really is just sort of a modern-ish up, 
update on the same story that it, it's pretty straightforward. Like you read like Superman an ultimate or, book, right? Like yeah, ultimate, yeah, it's like yeah. ultimate exactly. I wouldn't call ultimate like an else world or a what if because it's the same characters, the same stories, just like brought to to now instead of. Oh man! So we're not going to cover those on Paradox. We're not going to cover Ultimate Spider-Man or Ultimate X-Men. I wasn't really planning on it. No. Okay. That's fair. I mean, there's enough to cover. I get that, but I'm just saying it's like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on it. Uh, like the, I, the, there's a better shot of us covering MC two. Oh, before, nice. Cool. Yeah. Before we cover ultimate. I mean, we might get to it, um, or certain aspects of it, but I no, I, I wasn't really planning on it. Like, and I, I, and that's not as a person who has anything against it. I, I loved Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate Fantastic Four. But... There's so much, so it's it's like yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I um, totally get it. Well, also, yeah. isn't the MCU considered like taking a lot from the Ultimate? Yeah, I think so. Universe. Yeah, and that's why I said like you know for what we do over on Comics Paradox, you know the cover in Elseworlds and What Ifs, um, you know I would I would say MC two where it's like this weird alternate future that takes place based on what was happening in Marvel at that time. So, I mean, that's where the character spider girl came from. J two son of juggernaut. Oh, that was such a stupid comic. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. Oh uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I, I love that schlocky stuff. That's oh, so cool. dude, it's so goofy. It <laughs> wild <really> things. <laughs> oh my God. Was, was wild thing or wild child? I'm not sure. I can't. I, remember. I think it's wild but, thing. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. I no. think you're right. Electro and Wolverine or something. It's like, whatever. Um, it's, it's out there, man. Dark devil. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's, I think we're probably, you know, likely going to start seeing more of an Elseworlds label from DC. Uh, and we might get, you know, just by the nature of, of Elseworlds stories at DC, we'll probably get a fucking onslaught of Batman Elseworlds, honestly. It sounded like with their announcements that anything not main continuity would be in Elseworlds. And I would think that would be a smart thing to do if they're trying to tie in like the comics with um, with the, you know, yeah. uh, live action. You know, then people would know, hey, this storyline has no continuity within, you know, the storyline. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, you know, if, if they're going to redefine it, that's, that's okay. You know, just be consistent and don't start pulling from any of these else worlds tales that you're saying are out of continuity to feed your ideas for what's in continuity. Like I love kingdom come and I love justice society of America, JSA. I did not love that they brought the kingdom come Superman into JSA. I like the character and, and all that, you know, in the story is okay. I just don't dig on the idea that they keep going to the fact that like, that is a very possible future for DC. You know, it's, it's something that they've toyed with and towed the line with since kingdom come became a fucking resounding success in the nineties. And I think one that does a huge disservice to the work that Alex Ross and Mark Wade did on that story altogether. Well, that, two, that's an official multiverse universe now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying, it, but what I'm talking about is as an example, like they pulled from an Elseworlds story and made it part of continuity 
when JSA was being done. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of like what Disney's doing now with all the Star Wars stuff. They said, hey, oh, from yeah. this point on, everything's legacy. It's not continuity, but then they're handpicking a lot. Yeah, exactly. Life. Exactly. Um, like I just I just don't dig on that stuff. So, but the difference too in those scenarios is like with Star Wars, that stuff was only recently stated to be legacy. Like none of it was was canon at all. Whereas Else Worlds, like from the start, they're not canon. Like yeah, there's yeah. no question about that. But then to take things from stories like that and put it in your books that are in continuity, nah, man, that defeats the fucking purpose of what those stories are. I just don't. Again, I don't... I'm the only one that likes convergence. I hear you. <laughs> no, I, I like you, <laughs> I like convergence. I do, but that's a different thing too because they're very upfront about it being different universes, like. The, the whole thing is split into all these different realities and how things are converging. That's fine. That is, well, it doesn't that even is, exist now because they rebooted twice. Yeah, it doesn't then. matter so like, exactly ugh. in the long run. But but th- that's still a completely different thing. That's not that's not taking like a monthly book and inserting stories and characters from what was supposed to be a like one-off tale that has nothing to do with what's really happening in regular continuity. And like we start seeing Gog and kingdom comes Superman and all that shit. I'm like, yep. I, I read that whole run by the way. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That eventually they'd get into like how black Adam was like really good friends with, um, with uh, Hawkman. And you know, then I mean a lot of really good power girl stuff in that. Yeah. And the cool thing too, what they did give us as Canon was that Starman was from the kingdom come universe. And that yeah. why he was crazy is because like his psyche was being like bone back, thrown back and forth. And they kind of use that for the the animated film where they had it's like, oh, he's from the Legion era. You know, it's it was kind of interesting. So, like, they do get their ideas a little bit like that. Yeah, it's just, I'm just saying, like, there's certain things like if in to do that with Starman was fine. That that actually didn't bother me because it wasn't it wasn't so in your face about it. But when they start pulling Superman and have Alex Ross doing the covers for each issue. I mean, come on, you're clearly trying to evoke something and I don't, I didn't want that. I didn't, you know, that kingdom come, whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's a fair assessment and all that. I don't think the run was for everybody. You know, it, it had some good things. And the the funny thing about it is they pulled a lot of the JSA stuff for the black Adam movie from that Mm, run. I know. So it's like, Oh, okay. In in the yeah, Hawkman, way to fuck the it movie, up. The Hawkman in the movie, way more likable than the Hawkman in the book. They go out of their way to show that he is an absolute ass. So yeah. it's like, but you that know is what? true. Cool. <laughs> Aldous Hodge did a great job, and he was actually way more likable. So, yeah, he was not. He was not an issue with that movie. <laughs> no, no, the JSA was not my issue at all with that movie. So. It, the movie was just too expensive, I think, is what it comes down to. You know, it's like, it, it would have been fine for what it was, but, you know, it's it cost too much money to make. Yeah, fair and enough. I, it took too I was long. I thinking when you said that about uh, uh, Kingdom Come Superman, I'm like, geez, I have him right here. So it's, you've seen a little bit of wear and tear, but... Lovely. I like it. Oh, nice. 
Is that the one that came in the the box, like the the Kingdom Come looking box? Yep, Kingdom Come looking box, and uh, I got the Batman. Let's see. Yep, here he is. They're just reissuing this guy, but so this is the the DC Direct version from yeah. way back. Oh, he nice. actually has like that lance that yep. he has when he's fighting uh, Diana. So they gave us um, they gave us a Captain Marvel. They gave us a, a Diana, um, a Wonder Woman. I, I I had the Blue Beetle. You know, oh. <laughs> there's there's a really deep line on this. I think I have Magog still in the box. So the, oh, the Kingdom Come stuff. I was, they are re-releasing him. So you'll get a new Batman from McFarlane. It's just he will not have this really keen lance. So. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I I really wish I had gotten Shazam from that run. Like that was that was for me. Oh my god, reading that thing as soon as Shazam like did his thing, I was just like, oh my god, yes, because I've always been like a, a a big like Shazam kid. Like not the most well versed. Don't get me wrong, but. I used to watch the show with my dad when I was a kid and he had like all the old serials on tape and stuff too. So yeah, I, I, I just, I always knew who Captain Marvel was always. It was, it's omnipresent just like Superman for me. And when I, I read kingdom come and you get Alex Ross's art and you get the, the big reveal about what's going on with Billy Batson and Captain Marvel and, you see him on that beach and the, the, that last splash page on issue three and, you know, just him, the big fucking red cheese with the goddamn yeah. grin. So good. And it's, it's awesome because it's full on Captain Marvel, but at the same time, like you think about the situation, like that's horrifying. It, it, it like, is. The, long, the yeah. longer you look at it, the more uneasy you, you get like, it's so, it's so well done. So and, well. and Brandon, how do you do evil Superman without doing evil Superman? <laughs> right? Evil like, Shazam. It, it, that's the thing. And and you know like, what? I'll give him credit for that because who the fuck saw it coming? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Mark Wade for you. He's not gonna he's not gonna mess with the formula. He's just gonna improve it. Well, and to have it be the oh my god. Mr. Mind, like Lex yeah. Luthor fucking clones Mr. Mind. It, mwah, just brilliant brilliant of yeah, course kingdom come is like kingdom come and crisis on on infinite earths are literally what transformed me into an x-men reading marvel fan into a dc fan i'm like you know what i'm over here now like you can I, I you can it. safely put me in this category and i will admit to it and i will say everything 100 <laughs> percent. i get it i get it i mean Marvel's i love got the some x-men good stuff i'm too. just saying you know yeah marvel's like, got some great stuff too uh for sure. I mean, you and I have talked about the things we like, but of course, yeah. You know, I like it, it, I like how you bring up Fantastic Four a lot because it reminds me of how much I used to love reading the comics, and, and that's really cool about uh, Comics Paradox where we're going through, and I'm like, I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, you know. And and I think I mean I think that's that's part of uh, why we uh, we enjoy talking about stuff like this too. I mean, specifically like this story just within the the context of batman look at all the different things that were referenced throughout the the batman mythos over mm -hmm. the years within this one thing you know you were able to look at joker's room and point out yourself how, you know any number of items where they were from what they were what they were actually referencing uh that's that's awesome you know and 
that's uh that's that's kind of exactly the the thing that we uh we look for regularly in, in a lot of the things that we're reading just on our own i think is you want to feel that connection to to you know stuff that's come before without be being beholden to it but also hopefully is like a bit of a glimpse into like oh what is this going to mean moving forward you know and- crap I, I just realized my room looks like the joker's room <laughs> Oh, honestly, that was my first thought. I thought I thought we were all incredibly aware of that. Whoopsie. Uh, so, so you're saying uh, uh, geek goals? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Geek goals. Let's have a room like Joker's room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, obviously, he can um, he can afford it with all these yeah. bank jobs and what have you. But you know, dang. <laughs> Wow, he's Wonderful. even got a turvis. Like, look right there on his. Uh, he's got one of those with a handle, like right there on the. Oh yeah. Uh, nightstand, like jeez. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the full picture. There's also uh, some lunch boxes. Yep. Uh, yeah. Funko Pop kind of thing over here. Yo, so. lunchbox. <laughs> I can't even call you that anymore. I'm gonna have to call you Snack Pack. Snack Pack. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, uh, overall, I think this was a an absolutely fantastic story, and a, you know, a, a a fresh and oddly reasonable way to look at these characters. Twenty seventeen, yeah. you said, Leo, was this? Uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, Curse was twenty nineteen. Harley was twenty twenty. And then 2022 was uh, Beyond the White Knight, uh, Red Hood. Uh, Victor Von Fries was 2019 as well. Yeah, and this, oh, this does uh, go into Batman says, Beyond. In, yeah. It also says right here in 2021, uh, your mother? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been trying to sneak that into many conversations lately. <laughs> just, it, it's just fun. Like, remember when you were like 12? <laughs> Why does it, it brings you right Baba back. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Your mother is so much more fun. Hey, what are you doing in there? Ah, your mother. Fucking <laughs> like great. Someone says that to Bruce Wayne, who then begins to cry. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm sorry. I didn't know that would upset you so much. Uh, really? You didn't? <laughs> your, your father? <laughs> your, your son? <laughs> Ooh. You're a your adopted ward? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say bad cow. <laughs> bad cow shit. <laughs> That's great. So uh, I, I would say this. Don't say doing your be... butler. Don't say doing your butler. Don't say doing your butler. <laughs> my butler Do, died. <laughs> doing your adopted son? Ah shit. <laughs> oh my god. I so anyway, I would say this is a must read, but like like Brandon was saying, um, you can't go into this fresh. Like you have to have some sort of context to know the characters, know everything, because it does it does take for granted that you know who Bane and Killer Croc are and Clayface and how they would normally act. So this doesn't work in a vacuum, but it works so well when you know what's going on. Yep, totally agree. And uh, I, I know we covered a lot of the story, but it, it doesn't do it justice. Mm. You know, even if you do have that background, definitely, you know, head on to your uh, your LCS and pick up a copy or, you know, if you must go to like Amazon, Amazon uh, 
but yeah, check your yeah. check your local comic shop first because uh, absolutely you know, we want to support local. Yeah, and, and I mean you can get the trade paperback like I was saying. You can get it for I think the the retail price is twenty bucks, and this one has all of that uh, cool stuff in it at the end for like the designs and like the the different Batmobiles and stuff like that. So it's it's well worth it for your home library or buy it digitally. Why not? You know, yeah, totally. Cool beans. Well, we'll wrap things up uh, unless you guys have anything else you would like to add. I have six more Night Court jokes. Go for it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm so upset that they sh they shrunk the theme song. You know, Ugh. yeah, honey, I shrunk the theme song. Yeah, <laughs> see, you say that, and my brain just makes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's sung by uh, Harry's daughter there. <laughs> she, she sings it? Wait, yeah, right? Okay. It's a, she, she has it's that little voice. It's amazing. <laughs> Does Mel Torme show up on the show? I just all, have to know. It's, it's, it's all kazoo. It's, uh, they, did it's make all... A, they did make a Mel Torme reference, though. Uh I got I got to tell you, Brandon, I was yesterday old uh, when I found out that they make electric kazoos. So it's it's yes, like an actual do. thing. I had I had no idea. And oh, now yeah. I know. Is, is he like remote <laughs> control? You know, he flies up above you a little uh, little green dude. Hey, there, fat head. <laughs> Quiet you. <laughs> no, not, hey, not the great head. kazoo, but <laughs> the great kazoo. <laughs> no, I mean, like a <laughs> like a, a kazoo my kazoo impression uh, <laughs> i know i know i want to uh, get an electric jaws harp <laughs> as soon as they make it as soon as they make it i would figure that one out how are you gonna how are you gonna make an electric piece of metal you put into your mouth <laughs> like, i think, I think snoopy would know he's, he's the only one who would I, know i can play the jaws harp it's like one of the few instruments i can play fluently <laughs> i i imagine you picked it up like most of us at old sturbridge village <laughs> Uh, I can't remember where I think it was a gift, but honestly, you know, after the first few flicks where I felt like my teeth were going to fly out of my skull, tink, tink, uh, tink. yeah, tink, tink. Oh God. <laughs> um, turns out my, my, uh, natural inclination towards, uh, you know, voices and impressions, uh, actually works really well for knowing how to move my mouth to make sounds. Go figure. Uh, and then I remember that I found out soon thereafter, like, uh, nobody's, nobody's signing Jaws harp players for rock yeah, bands no, it's or nothing. anything. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you and the even... triangle guy are sitting outside. <laughs> yeah. Not even like jug bands are, are looking for it. Honestly, like to me, yeah. Me and like one dude with a, a fucking washboard and a stick. <laughs> like, did you put a hole in your wash tub, sir? No. <laughs> and you're out. <laughs> That's right. Oh. We referenced Emmett Otter. <laughs> you talk about uh, making electric. For some reason, this memory just popped into my head. Uh, I took electronics in in uh, high school, uh, in in trade school, and uh, the second or third time I've been electrocuted. Um, the I was doing a, a uh, voice activated switch. And I couldn't get it to work. I had it plugged in. I I was checking all my solder points and everything. 
Uh, so I took it out of the case and like, what the hell is it? And I scream into it. And I was holding the raw circuit board. Oh, and no. it was voice activated. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, I, I, I guess I wasn't. That's when Leo out. gave the old double scream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, like scream into it and then scream because you just electrocuted yourself. Exactly. Did you electrocute your face? No, no, no. I was holding it and I oh, yelled okay. and because I was holding the raw circuit board. God, and it was like race dance with your hair up. And-, <laughs> and, you know, it was plugged into the wall. It wasn't battery operated. You know, it was. Uh, oh, shit. Hey, I'm having trouble getting this plug into the wall. Here, use this butter knife to loosen it up. <laughs> yeah. No problem. No, that actually, that was the first time I, I took a hammer to an electrical outlet. And, uh, yeah. Okay, Leo. Enough I, I, I have been there, Leo. I've been a. I've been a kid too, and yeah, yeah ladies I... and gentlemen, the head of our network. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was a time when childproofing wasn't a thing, you know. It was. Uh... You were in high school, right? No, no, no. When I took a hammer to. Uh, an oh, okay. Fair, I, enough. I, Fair enough. I was a little kid. I just remember hitting it, and and, and a big spark. Go poof. Oh my god! That's awesome. Leo. <laughs> well, we also had an electric fence for the cows, so that was. Like my cousins would come up and we'd like uh, dare each other to grab the electric fence. I think you say go whiz on it. Is it intermittent, right? Where you touch it and it zaps you and then it stops? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my neighbor did whiz on the electric fence, though. He, he was a bully and it was the most glorious sound I ever heard him yelling. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Wonderful. I okay. Like I, I know we totally went off the rails. I'm going to wrap things up here. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. For me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you which is which. <laughs> I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. And, uh, you know, awesome people like these two gentlemen here. We do uh, multiple shows together. Uh, they'll tell you all about them. We're doing the dork night. Uh, and you know what? I'll, I'll let, I'll let, uh, I'll let Brandon tell you more. Oh shit. Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I was not paying full attention to the, to the screen. Pay no uh, attention hey. to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no. Why didn't you say so? That's a horse of a different color. Um, anyway, I'm powerful. Brandon. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I had to <laughs> ring that bell. Shit. Um, I'm Powerful Brandon, and if you feel so inclined, come on over to the Facebook group Powers Combined. Uh, We're a bunch of dorks and geeks that like to share memes, news, info, jokes, laughs, and good times to be had by all. Our number one rule is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Uh, If you want to follow me on social media, you can check me out on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at ThisBrandonHasPowers. Uh, and I also, uh, aside from showing up on Midweek Geeks on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with, uh, well, Leo at any rate, Justin shows up occasionally slash intermittently. Eh, you, can find, you can find me uh, with these two jokers on Comics Paradox, in which we discuss uh, Elseworlds and What Ifs from DC and Marvel, respectively, as well as uh, storylines and story arcs like Age of Apocalypse or Amalgam Comics. Uh, if you'd like to check out more for that, uh, you can follow on Twitter uh, at comics underscore paradox and on Instagram at comics paradox podcast. And you can find those every Sunday, every other Sunday from Dork Night, uh, wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Awesome. Mr. Justin Cooper. 
can check me out at the Epic Shells Facebook group. It's uh, de devoted to uh, Ninja Turtles and everything Turtles. A uh, very positive place. You can come and check it out. Share stuff. Learn stuff. You know, uh, pretty much everything but sell stuff. We try to keep that out of there. Otherwise, uh, check me out on my other show, Epic Tales from the Sewers. It's all Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all the time. We do interviews with writers, artists, and people who are turtle adjacent. Maybe uh, pizza chefs, things like that. And uh, also, uh, we do a little bit of uh, covering the books. So if uh, if you want to start reading the comics and you don't know where to start, you can just listen to them on the show. That's Epic Tales from the Sewers. Very cool. And uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.